Welcome back to What Moves You with Jesse. This week, we're heading into part two of where addiction really comes from. Of course, we've got one of my favorite guests, as I'm sure she is to you too, my mom, retired marriage and family therapist, Cheryl Douglas. We get into a really good juicy conversation, so I'm going to lead us right into it. Enjoy. Hi, mom. Hi, Jess. Great to see your face. Oh, so good to see your face, too. I know. It's been a long time to, since we've been in the same room. I know. Oh, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. Now that I have both of my shots and I've been uh, two weeks after, that was a celebration, is that then you're you're going to get yours before long, too, with how fast it's going. It's really going fast up here. They're hitting yes. them. Uh, 50 40s up here 40 and then so you're next after yes. that you know yes yes yeah. I'm so excited yeah yeah well definitely I think I'll be done by May for sure yes yeah yeah exactly it's tremendous so freedom. exciting yeah less stress more freedom you say I'll have to wear your mask but but at least you're it's done less stress then we see what we do next. Yeah. So yeah. good. Yes. So good. So good. <laughs> so we are on to a big subject that you, I, I know you and I both are so excited to talk. We love talking about it. Oh, I do. It's, it's, it's so poignant for what's going, especially in this world of, so much anxiety and so much uproar. Uh, it's actually worse than the 60s and the 70s, you know. So, so much pain and everything. So people will tend to go to whatever comforts them. So this is an important conversation to me. It's really important for me and, you know, about a, a whole lot of people in this world. Yeah. Yes. I agree. And that's what I shared a little bit about last week um, yes. in, in the first episode about, you know, I have absolutely found those kinds of found little habits and addictions um, myself that I innocently just kind of thought was part of who I was, you know, like, a, a, you know, picking, picking the little bumps on my arms. Yeah. And when I realized Oh my gosh, I'm doing that because frankly, it was actually Mike who pointed it out. Wow. My husband, Mike, uh -huh. um, who, you, you know, he's my husband. I said that for the people. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's been hanging around for a long time. And I always say, thank you, Jesus. That his father used to say, what a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> what is he what did you say why are you doing that is that no, what? what i you know what it was is i mean because i have complained about my addiction to you know i've i've well no i have called it an addiction absolutely but i have complained to him about that habit because it's embarrassing especially when it gets to summertime and your arms are out more you know, yeah. I'll have, I'll have kind of crusty feeling arms, you know, they're dry and crunchy feeling as opposed to just from me 
you know, picking around and, uh, and I would just, well, I know it's not funny, but it's <laughs> <laughs> one who has a perfect skin on your face and everywhere else. <laughs> Except for my arms. <laughs> and, it's a, and that is a pain in the neck. That, it that is. Close to pile yes. <laughs> exactly. Pain in your arms. <laughs> yeah. But something that, you know, like you and I have kind of talked about, we'll share with people today that cycle of, of, um, you know, triggering thinking that gets us into the cycle of, of behaviors. Uh, I would do the picking and then feel totally angry with myself. Like, Oh, I did it again. And I'd be angry with myself. And so, you know, I'd say it out loud to Mike often. And so then of course, over the 18 years of us being together, now it has evolved into, if he sees me going for it, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll be like, ah, what are you doing? What's going, what are you thinking about? And it's always me. It's always related to me, like composing an email or, you know, wanting to, I'm, it's kind of this habit that I've, that I've gotten when I'm really like thinking or overthinking how I'm going to say something. It doesn't, doesn't have to be that I'm going to say something intense. It's just that I'm wanting it to come out right. So I'm sitting there thinking and thinking about it. And when I get tired of that, instead of going into motion of just like, oh, well, let me just start writing the email and see what comes out. Right. I get sick of my thinking, get tired of it. And I go to my habit of my arm. Yeah. It's just an old, an old coping mechanism that I'm tired of. And that I think that's my name. Mine is sugar. Mm-hmm. Mine has been sugar over the years, and and eating a snack when it's not the healthiest for me. And then I got into really good i good thing about eating a snack that is good for me, but not even needing to eat to catch the thought before I go to that. And that is just amazingly have shifted my idea. It's like it becomes that you become conscious about it, become aware of it. And so you don't have to go outside yourself. So, yeah. So I think that's probably really relatable for a lot of people is, is unconsciously grabbing, grabbing food that maybe we, we aren't, um, we aren't wanting to necessarily have. Um, But again, to kind of you know, remind folks of what we talked or what I shared last week, you know, is that we, we were just looking for a different state of mind. We're just right. wanting to get out of an uncomfortable feeling. Right. We're, we're tired of what it feels like inside of ourselves. So we go outside of ourselves to try to fix it, thinking that's how right. you do it. So what do you, could you share a little bit more about what that has looked like to you in this process of becoming more aware of your insides in that? I think that um, what I got, 
what really helped me come to that was a major change in my food was it so it's after it was on the outside that gave me a little room for myself and my urges like you you talked about the the urges that i could have enough room for myself to be able to understand what comes before so i went on a because i have rheumatoid arthritis i went on a completely non-inflammational diet so so which takes the inflammation and in that feeling so much better that it could stand back which you talk about stand back from yourself and then things became into one after another became more aware of that and then you and I talking a lot about it and you doing your podcast last time and understanding the the process from the beginning to in a negative way how it supports that same i call it belief you call it the same thinking yeah that it supports that so you're going around and around and around in a circle but what really helped to pull it together is to stand back get some relief from my habit and then be able to it, it all came which things come up to me when I ask something, right? Like you say, be curious about something, it'll show up. You don't even have to work on it too much. And so I was curious about when I started this and I, all of those, all of those automatic things that I would go to, I was really clear about the structure. I stayed on the structure of the diet and that's what gave me some relief to look at it. But if I knew this more clearly before, because I always thought addiction had much more to do with just whatever you were addicted to, that it had more to do with you weren't being able to really find out the issue to begin with all those years. That it's, to me, it, it just had gave me enough space to start. And then you showed up with, with your thing about, I really want to talk about addiction, then off my head goes. And then you did that whole thing last week and then it put every it put uh reason to everything you know yes understanding the whole oh that really makes sense so it is a uh it was the part i was missing in a lot of ways spent lots of time with people who haven't finally come to their wisdom but not just by thinking because i didn't understand that back then yes yeah. Something that stands stands out to me that with what you shared is kind of like what I talked about. There's a I did a one-liner last week about how if you are addicted to something that can chemically that has has put you in a chemical imbalance in your biochemistry. So physically you have become, you know, addicted to to the to whatever you are addicted to mentally also. Uh, cause I, sh- I shared, you know, cigarettes, alcohol, yes, c- certain types of drugs and mm. sugar, right? Sugar. So something that stands out to me, that's, I think really important to highlight is what you were, what you experienced or what you realized, um, <clears throat> 
And, and I've experienced it myself in, in kind of shifting my, my eating habits myself is that sometimes maybe we can't kind of be on to the, that whole process of, of our thinking being the thing that, that starts our behavior of wanting to have a different feeling when we are physically being driven too, because, you know, like, again, if we're talking about sugar as the example, you're, you, without even recognizing that you have a running, that your, your mind is racing, Mm -hmm. you don't even have the opportunity to catch it because you're also physically being, being pulled to, to the addiction. Right. So what's really hopeful and, 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 um, can really give some clarity to folks is if, if you are addicted to something or have habits that around something that we're talking about here, sugar, cigarettes, alcohol, or, or certain types of drugs. And it, and it looks to you like it's really, um, too difficult to recognize whatever thinking is that's going on in your mind that you're trying to escape from, maybe the very first step is to just understand that you are physically, your biochemistry is kind of working it, working its own battle. So first things first, nourish that part of you by going, okay, what do I need to do? to get beyond, to help my bad, my body get back into balance, you know, like, yeah. No truer words were spoken because it's fighting against you. Yeah. If, if you finally pick around and it, it, it didn't matter how many desserts, honey, that I didn't eat. It didn't matter how many, but even what I'm understanding, even white potatoes would trigger my sugar. And I'm sure it had to do also some of the medication I have to take for rheumatoid arthritis gave me sort of more sensitive. But just because I was more sensitive didn't mean that years and years ago when I wasn't diagnosed, that that wasn't giving me a horrible kick chemically. So it was absolutely fighting against everything that I couldn't even think about it, you know. Um, so. It, it is a, um, it's, it's almost a two different, two of the same issues, but in chemical wise, body chemistry, and also thought wise. Yes, yes. Yeah. And my, Mike will share more about that too, when it comes to yes. cigarettes. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to listening to his, because he had a heck of a process to me quite sophisticated to understand how he could let go. And I, I want to hear about that. I haven't heard him talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, um, yeah. And it's, it's that realization for him walking into it. Cause he tried quitting a couple of times, but, um, it was that realization of, Oh, the first couple of weeks I am going to, everything in me is going to want, want one because my body feels like I need, feels like it needs it. So having Mm. an understanding of that is a wonderful first step because it makes it much easier to, to, cause it almost is like, Oh, this is part of the healing process to move forward. So Mm -hmm. now that I have some understanding about that, 
it doesn't seem so scary or that it, and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just part of your your body moving through it. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful, I call it reframing. Yeah. And it, it uh, quiets the soul because you think here, here it goes again, but really once you understand it, um, it's, it just, it gives you some quietness in your head and you're thinking, oh, I, I get this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to be sure that we share a little bit of what you and I have talked about before uh-huh. this cycle of recognizing that it truly is truly is a cycle when you start to wake up to the thinking to the internal process hmm. how 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 we move through that um you know i wrote some notes down about about kind of how this goes so i will just kind of share what i wrote down and then i'd love okay. for you to say whatever mm-hmm. bubbles up um, but we have the thinking, right. That makes us feel uncomfortable inside. It gives us an uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. Then we have the urge to get out of it because we right. don't want to be feeling that, you know, that's, you know, that's our wisdom saying, Hey, I, our well being and our contentment is in here. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel good. So we want to get out of the, we want to get out of it. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, when I say that that's our wisdom, I just would love to say that, uh, you know, when we have the urge to, to leave it. And when I say that's our wisdom, it's because that is our wisdom, wisdom asking us to stop um, using thought against us. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a really different way of thinking about wisdom, but it's a, it's also like you reframed the whole thing with uh, Michael understanding his biochemical reaction to not, it's also wisdom that, Oh, now I understand that this is a part of the healing process. Like you said, so you're trying to heal yourself in some ways. Yes. So then the urges come up. Exactly. The yes. urge is coming from a really beautiful place in your well-being saying, hey, you know, if you've got an urge to to want to leave that thinking alone, mm-hmm. that is exactly what's happening is that exactly. that is your body letting you know, hey, leave that thinking alone. Right. Don't buy into it anymore. Right. But. This is where we get caught up. When we don't understand that about our minds, we end up going outside of ourselves to try to feel better. Yes. Try to fix it. What are, fix fix it. What's going in our in our minds before we even get to the behavior of trying to fix it, you know, outside ourselves. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So when you don't know about thought, when you aren't aware of the the of that beautiful mind body connection that is always, you know, your wisdom is always with you and, and trying to give you some notifications about where you are in your state of mind. Right. And when you don't know that, and it just feels like you've got an urge to leave that thinking, but you don't know that you can, you can just let it move on from you because it doesn't mean anything about you. 
Right. It turns into us going outside of ourselves to something outside. This right. is where this is where we grab grab a sugary thing, we grab a cigarette, we start mm-hmm. picking ourselves, we right. go online shopping. Mhm. And that is true that comes home a little bit during this whole fiasco of the COVID thing. It said, I have more pajama pants than you can imagine. (laughs) I have a drawer full of pajama pants and it was to try to feel better. One or two would have been fine. I give myself permission because they were all on sale. Let's get down to the reality of the whole thing. I was nutting in a fruitcake and full of fear this whole time. So my urge was to fix it. And so thank God for Amazon. <laughs> but I went overboard. But it's but, true. Yeah. Perfect, I, perfect yeah. illustration. Perfect illustration. And also, you know. It's, it's beautiful to kind of point out something that isn't so dangerous for your, for your health. You know, maybe it's dangerous for your pocketbook if you, <laughs> if you, if you weren't onto it, but perfect illustration of you felt fear and anxiety and stress. Right. And innocently went outside of yourself to get into, you know, what is the simple what it, you know what is the actual simple fact of what's happening there is that when you go to hit you know amazon or you go to click purchase you're no longer focusing on that thinking that was making you feel scared and anxious before yes and it wasn't the deal at all they didn't have anything and it only lasted until i got to feeling bad because I said, I don't need all this. <laughs> so I got good and scared again, which I scared myself. And then, you know, but it's all calmed down. And I actually calmed down when I said to myself, enough's enough for crying out loud. <laughs> yes. But you just, uh, you just also, you're moving us right along because that's exactly kind of what I had, 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 had written down in an illustration is you go to make the, let's say you go to make the purchase on the pajama pants, you feel relief yes. because, because you are, because you're aware of thought and you're aware of all of this. Exactly. That's yes. why you, that's where you've stopped, but yes. where people end up moving into addiction from a habit is they do the, they go to click, buy on the pajama pants they feel relief because they're no longer in that state of mind that made them feel like crap right so innocently so they pin their feeling better onto the onto the shopping exactly so that's where it turns into an addiction right something that's really a huge piece that i don't think we're really aware of is when we start to get into an addiction our wisdom starts to speak to us inside that it's not actually helping us any longer after a little while. Yes. So that's when we start to have some shame around, Oh God, I did it again. Yes. And guess where we are. We're back to square one of having Mm -hmm. a bunch of judgment and upset in our Mm -hmm. head 
right. that now we're feeling uncomfortable about and yeah. we want to escape that feeling. Right. So we go right back into our addictions. Yes. And I call it launching. We launch right back into the cycle, have to go through the cycle again. And it's all about thought. Yes. It's all about our thinking. It's all about it. And it supports it over and over to keep doing the same thing. And it's just a, a cycle of no end. You ought to make up whatever the cycle is called. That one I'll put on you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The no end cycle or whatever you want to call it. If it's a, the whole thing supports going right back to uh, how we fixed it before. Yes. Even though we get all upset about after we've done it because we we know it's it's not really taking care of it. And going yes. into a peaceful place and our thought process. That's for sure. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same mechanism that I'll say with folks. Because sometimes people will come to me. I, 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 I had a recent client actually share this. Um, they're new with me. And they said that they there was a part of them that still really wanted to go to a psychiatrist and get labeled with something because they were sure that they were, um, you know, they, they just, they were really sure that there was something wrong with them. There was something right. that was different. Right. And I'm, and I'm telling you, this person had more grounding than a lot of folks who come to me. So I thought to myself, right. you know, cause there's some people who I, they're so spun up in their heads. Yeah. Um, I think that an anti-anxiety medicine might be helpful to slow them down a little bit yeah. just so they can hear what we're talking about. So I'll refer them mm -hmm. out to a psychiatrist just, just for a little bit. And then they wean themselves off it. Right. Or they don't wean themselves off it. They obviously with the help of the psychiatrist, but they find that they, that helps them to slow down to, to, to hear, which is kind of similar to, uh, you know, like the sugar thing. It's like it, yeah. once you're aware, oh, my body is addicted to this and that's, what's not really helping this process. Right. Um, okay. What can I do to begin to just detox my body from the sugar understanding yeah. that that's the first step and it's going to be uncomfortable, but yeah. that's the first step in just getting my body regulated. Right. Um, it's huge, but, mm -hmm. um, that the thought I kind of wanted to go to was when folks feel like it would be helpful to be labeled as bipolar or, um, manic depressive or any of the things that they can be labeled because there's a yeah. million, there's this urge to have that because the second that you feel the second we get a label and you and I have talked about this on a previous podcast. There's a moment of relief because you feel like, oh, okay. Right. I'm, I'm not crazy. I, there's right. something that I can, that, right. you know, this is known. Yes. And there's a moment of relief, just a moment. And maybe there's, maybe there's a little bit of a longer moment because now you feel like you've you can find community around that and feel related to talk to other people who have been labeled right. that thing. Right. Have connections. 
But man, it doesn't last for very long because now you're starting to think, holy crap, this is who I am now forever. And again, that is just thought. And that is the same cycle that people can get into with addiction. Right. You know, of, oh, so relieved. Oh, shopping makes me feel better. Oh, so relieved. That's good. Mm -hmm. And then after not too long, you start to, your wisdom starts to go, I don't know about this. I don't know if this is, if this is okay. And you start to have judgment and it just turns into a really bummer cycle. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, then it gets down to feeling bad that you're going to carry this forever. Exactly. And I think it's important to reiterate for everyone um, I think it's important to reiterate for everybody that we are all standing in the middle of our well-being. Nobody um, nobody should ever tell people out there that there's something wrong with them that can't come back to you know, that it's impossible for you to come back to a state of, of well-being. Um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's when we, when we believe that things are impossible, that is that same ego mind that you're trying to run away from when you get into these urges and habits and addictions that also tells you that, that you have to listen to it in order to be okay. Right. It's the same voice. Well said. Well said. One of the things that I, um, in my years of working that uh, I do know that, in fact, I think it was my second client and I always wonder how she was, how she's doing now. She had a huge job, horribly depressed, and came in. And I knew that she was not going to be able to listen because she had so much going on in her head. That's how I would say it now. Yeah. That she would, she was so anxious and so depressed that my very first time I had with her is that she she came I had a chair that kind of rolled back and forth and she she came over and put her I, I rolled up next to her I could see that she something was happening so I rolled up closer to her and she she just leaned over the couch and put her head down on my on my lap and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed then I knew that she probably needed a little tiny bit so she could be open to listen, to quiet herself down. Really nice young woman. And so, and always afraid she was gonna miss something, lots of anxiety. If she took time off, she'd miss what was ever going on. She had lots of anxiety. And I uh, really appreciate her. She was very, she, she really had a good job. She liked her job. And so that does help sometimes like you've talked about before. That does help sometimes 
but to get in and and get caught in that and not understand because i talked to her talked with her a lot about what she was thinking back then and it was a lot of anxiety but i'm going to miss something i'm going to miss something so in the old way without the thing of thought even though i used to i asked her what what like we used to to go back and kind of when she first thought about when she was anxious about that when did that happen and so she was very young when that happened that began to have those thoughts so um so it got to a point where she couldn't dismiss them anymore she couldn't not dismiss them she couldn't manage them anymore so that's why she came in and uh, me being new i just had to go by my gut and anything i was trained right so uh I still think of her off and on, and uh, she was so open, and I really appreciate that. She didn't even know me, but she was so ready to, to work with it. So That's wonderful. She got to feeling better, and off she went. Yeah. After, after some counseling. So That's great. Yeah. Sometimes you think of those folks for, for a lifetime, you know? And an appreciation. So that's great, yeah. Mom. Mm -hmm. So I think um, we may have to come back around to have a final conversation, the two of us, around all of this after after the um, conversation with Mike next week. Yes, because there's, you know, I feel like we have more to say, but we we're kind of at the end of our time. Yes. But I think a good takeaway for anybody who, who's out there going, okay, this is all sounds like a nice idea. Where the hell do I start? Yes. I think a really practical way to kind of look at this is, and oftentimes, you know, it, it's just, um, it's kind of ingrained in us to think that we need to have a tool or a technique to change our habits that again, it's something outside of ourselves that we have to do something differently to change our behavior. And that is what leads to burnout. That's what kind of makes us get into needing to use willpower. And that's exhausting. That's exhausting. So just to kind of touch back on how we started the conversation today when we were talking about how you started to have some understanding around, oh, my body is addicted to the sugar. So I need to kind of get through that. And then I'm going to be able to see more clearly in my mind. Exactly. Same, same with Mike, who we'll hear from next week. I know he'll share around him having understanding. Oh, for the first two weeks of me not smoking, it's going to be pretty uncomfortable because my body is getting rid of all the chemicals. It's just fabulous to me that he got that. Yeah. It's so, you know, so it's, it's important to realize that when we understand how we work inside, that is enough as a first step. Yes. When yeah. we recognize if anybody out there listening is realizing, oh, I always go and I pick my feet. You know, yeah. I, I say that a lot because there's a lot of people who have that habit. They pick right. their feet or they pick the finger, the, the skin around their nails. 
Right. And so just kind of just start to notice, truly notice, because we do it without even thinking it, you know, usually when we're, when we've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. So, can, you know, w- one of the times, you know, the next week or so that you notice, holy crap, I'm picking my feet or I'm shopping and it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like I'm just looking for something fun to look for. It feels like I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it out of habit. Um, just notice, okay, I'm doing that. This is what Jesse and, and Cheryl were talking about. This is what I do all the time. What is it that I'm wanting to change it? What's the feeling inside of me that I'm wanting to get away from? And get curious. Look at what's going on inside of your mind. Look at what you're buying into in your mind. And stop there. Right. Don't try to do anything different. Don't try to remember anything that we've said. No. Right. Just, Just stop. notice. And Just stop. notice. Just notice. Yes. Yeah. I don't I don't care if you do the habit again. If no. you, if you have another cigarette, if you have another donut, if you buy another dress, I don't mm-hmm. care if you do that after mm-hmm. we've talked, after you've noticed it. Right. But all I'm asking you to do is just notice it and notice, oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable inside because I'm buying into a whole bunch of stuff in my head that's making me feel uncomfortable. And that's a, there is nothing more fulfilling, more joyful than the freedom of choice. Yes. Get around to the point that you want to, for whatever reason, but you're not all caught up in your head about it. It's not an, an, it's not an ordinary thing to go or an automatic thing to go. And you do, is that what you need right now or whatever, but the freedom of choice to do or not do. Is so, and then I think we choose what's best in our best interest. So whatever that choice is, is in our best interest. But boy, when there's a shift for me, it's like the best thing that could happen. The best thing that could happen, I now have a choice, you know? And that's it. That is it, is that, you know, when, when you just do this first step, like we're talking about, of just become aware, oh, I'm picking my feet again. What's going on? What am I buying into in my head? Oh, I'm getting really worried about the fact that it's Monday tomorrow and I go back to work or I'm thinking about my kids or I'm worried about my husband or I'm worried about my partner. That's enough because you start to recognize, oh, just like what you're saying. It puts some distance between you and your mind. So you yes. start to kind of get a sense of choice. You start to get a sense of how you are using thought against you. Right. So innocently. So yes. innocently. It's so innocent. Yeah. It's so innocent. And the same same process happens. Doesn't matter what your addictions are. If you have one, if you have 20, you can do the same thing. Yeah. Just yes. noticing, you know, yes. Yes. having a choice. Well, this was wonderful, Mom. Thank you so yes. much for jumping in. Well, of course, you know, you're always going to be the go-to 
person to have a conversation with. <laughs> I'd love to explore things with you. I guess that's the, we, we have an idea about something and then it just blossoms. And it's such a gift for me. One of the biggest gifts is, is that your children are wise, start listening and you learn a lot from them, you know? And and you give them a lot too, but you learn a lot from them. And I, that's the one thing that parents don't do a lot that I see is they actually listen to their kids and start learning a lot. You taught me that when I, you said, did I tell, I might've brought this up before. When you said, I need your mom when you were two. And I said, how specifically? And you said, I want you to sit on my, I want to sit on your lap. I want to put my hands on your face and I w want to talk to you, put your, so I can touch your face and then we'll talk, we'll talk. And it was so, so sweet. And you were so clear and that taught me a lot. What do you want? What is your need? Say, say how specifically, and you were so close to yourself as such a tiny little kid that you could tell me specifically exactly what it looked like, what it sounded like, and it was marvelous. And so I will relieve this whole audience from all the goo that I think about. And though you know your sisters, with all the things they've learned and it, they teach me about so many different things, you know, just so many different things. And it's just, it's the whole thing. It's a turnaround. Well, it's just, it's a beautiful point to end on that, that um, when we deeply listen to each other, we've got a lot of, a lot of good stuff to say. Oh, so much, especially when they give you feedback. <laughs> what you are and what you're not. <laughs> I love it. Which is that's really a whole hard to listen to. And that's a whole other episode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's true. Down the road somewhere. Yes. All right. I will talk to you in two weeks, Mom, because next week will be Mike, and then we'll talk again in two weeks. I'm I'm excited to listen to what he says. Yes. He might, he might even clarify it some more, you know? Yeah. It's always good when someone talks straight from their experience, which is oh, what yeah. you did today, too. So thank you. Sure. Sure. All right. We went okay. long this time, but I'm sure it was really good for good for folks. So I hope everyone out there listening, you, I hope you got some great insights. And of course, let us know if you have any questions um, or would like some more clarity for when mom and I come together in a couple of weeks. Um, be sure to call the hotline number um, and we will answer anything um, that you need answered. Right. All right. We'll see you in a couple weeks, mom. Okay. Love you Bye. tons. Love you tons. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to share with friends and family and give us a rate and review on iTunes. So more folks find us in this little corner of the podcast world. And give me a call. The hotline is always open for questions and comments. The number is 818-646-JESS. That's 818-646-JESS. -E
sending love in all directions, and I'll see you next week.